How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Waterfowl 365. I am your host, Chris Adams. However you are tuning into this thing, make sure you hit that subscribe, follow button on whatever podcast app you are using. And uh, while you're doing that, go ahead and leave a review. Tell us what you think. If you love it, tell your friends about it. If you hate it, tell your enemies. You know how that old thing goes. Um, Yeah, following along with us on social media, BTBN. Instagram and Facebook. You can uh, see what's going on with everything that we have there and check out the latest release. Um, Today I got a gentleman who's been on quite a few times. He's kind of our local dog expert. Um, Talk about his pup Scout going through the Grands and uh, working on his master certification getting his grand passes i don't know i'm not a dog guy i'm a duck call guy um but it's some super cool information getting your dog ready for hunting season and all of that good stuff and uh we'll get him back on here and talk a little bit about scout because it has been like six months so without further ado mr james staten james buddy what have you been up to man uh living the life and the dream i guess you could say summertime's hit you know kids are out of school wife teaches school so obviously she's home and work just keeps on going around the circle for me you know nothing summertime as i tell my kids just understand you know normal life most folks don't get summer off so you know just going through things trying to spend as much time extra time since kids are home and and just enjoying things right now man how about you uh, the same man busy as always we got so much stuff going on and it's like the last time that we did one of these podcasts dude it was november and uh yeah. it was like you know the night before christmas i think i don't know if duck season had started or it was getting ready to start we had that big monster cold front hit early early in the year and it was like everything was super like exciting building up for the year and now eight months later off of one of the worst duck seasons i've seen as far as bird numbers go like we never got a migration but it's like uh dude so much has happened since then it just seems crazy yeah duck season was you know it was kind of like you know all the big hype of a movie you see you know you see all the real big trailers you know and all the the good parts they show you early and that's kind of what and then it just kind of flops when you get to the theater and that was pretty much dove season for us here where i'm at you know like you said that that really strange weird arctic front hit in like what mid-october up through the dakotas and such and it sent a monster wad of birds down south the problem is they there was nothing come december and there was even less here by january and i mean it just went from hero to absolute zero you know overnight season was less than eventful for us here at home well yeah and it's like by the time season opens up uh you i don't know what part of zone you're in arkansas but i assume it's the day after thanksgiving like uh it is for us in southern missouri is that Accurate. We we actually open up the weekend before Thanksgiving. It's a, it's kind of a it's I guess you could say a tradition, but that's just what Arkansas does. They're they're going to make sure that there's a duck season going before Wings of the Prairie Festival, which of course you know all that got messed up with the whole COVID garbage that's been going on. But even still, that's been kind of the way the season opens. We always open the weekend before, and then we usually close for our first split the Sunday after Thanksgiving. 
That's right. You know? I was going to say, it didn't even really matter at that point, because by the time that that opened, I know at least down here, the ducks that were here were so pressured mm-hmm. and wise to it, and we are like, okay, well, you know, we're not going to have that early season, you know, week or two of good hunting and then wait for the end of December. Dude, it just was like, from the jump, just bad all around. Uh, to the point, I went less last year than I think I've ever gone in my life. Yeah, and you know, and last year was one of those years. You know, I'm getting older now and such, and you know, duck hunters, we kind of live and die by quote unquote the number or the quote numbers we do. And as I've gotten older, you know, don't get me wrong, I want to pile a mess of them up as much as the next guy. But the quality of the hunt and the guys I'm with, the dogs that are there, everything has got to where I. I try to take more value in that and maybe it's just because the seasons have been so poor on the on the pure number side of things that you you learn to get value out of that stuff because you know opening morning for us here i the public land was either incredibly dry or even more so overly crowded because it was so dry everywhere that there was such little water to get to and i got an invite on some private and I think we killed like six that first morning open day of duck season and obviously it was really pitiful shooting but we had a great morning I mean got to hang out with a bunch of guys I normally never get to hunt with and didn't have to wake up early you know it was private ground we didn't have to get up at four o'clock in the morning to go beat the rush to get there you know I got there at six fifteen, put my waiters on and walked to the blind it was pretty nice <laughs> oh yeah opening day is a, a must go rain or shine and it's always special i can tell you i don't know that we've had a banger on an opening day ever that was just lights out but it's always the fun one you know there's the no sleep that first night because everybody's all excited and you're just screwing around and i'm sure you know scout and the dogs go crazy because they know what's sure. going on it's a you know it's just a special time and man i'm my only goal this year is to take all three of my kids out and that'll yeah, change yeah. the entire game for me um you know to what you're talking about getting to that special part of it because i love hanging out with my buddies and doing stuff like that in the blind and that's a very special part of it. But when it's when it's no good and we're having to travel, you know, an extra hour, hour and a half, two hours away from home to go hunting. And I'm missing <clears throat> hanging out with the kids and stuff like that. And it's like, hey, you know, I really like you guys. You guys are my good buddies. But I'm about tired of coming out here and watching these sunrises with you guys when my kids are at home, <laughs> you know, not doing anything. I, so. I, I totally get it. I mean, you know, we've had absolute banger openers here you know it's been a couple years since we have but for the most part i'm like you opening morning is a i'm not missing it it's you know it's just i'm just not going to it's i don't care if it's if we're going to kill two or 200 you know it's opening day but then some of the guys that i'm really close with that i hunt with they couldn't not care less about opening day and it's because we hunt a lot of public and, and it's the crowds are 10 times bigger on an opener because of what it is and the guys i'm getting to where i hunt with a lot now they're just they're the top now of let those guys go enjoy the opener when it gets december and it starts getting right then they're gonna you know then we'll get serious and get after them but i guess i'm still too much of the kid on christmas morning i can't miss out like if i didn't go opening day 
my wife would probably make me leave the house that day because I didn't. <laughs> I'd be pacing the floor. So. Yeah, man, it uh, it it's crazy. It's something that you have to do. But like you're saying, and uh, you know, like you're talking about the other guys, I definitely can agree with that. Like I, I'm fortunate, and it's not ever gonna be you know just lights out. But we hunt pretty close on private ground to the house. It before I moved, it was like a four minute drive to where we would go hunt every morning opening morning because we know we're gonna shoot you know a handful of ducks and sometimes we've had really good hunts on it but it's like it's guaranteed to get a little bit of action and uh you know so that's always been a super big blessing but if i had to drive an hour and a half to like uh shell osage or four rivers which here in missouri is a pretty popular um, area the four rivers layout boats that's kind of what it's based off of yeah. is that conservation area and uh i would not be going out there on opening day i would I, I don't know what i would do man i'm pretty fortunate but the older i get the more i've noticed i started saving vacation for the end of the year and when everybody's mm-hmm. asking off for christmas and new year's and stuff like that dude you're already off those days well not everybody but a lot of people are already off that you know those days and sometimes a four-day weekend for the eve and the day and the weekend or whatever it is so i'm like huh that second week of december is looking mighty good to schedule some vacation time and kind of hope and pray that uh some birds are here by then yeah and and for us now my vacation i say for duck season is you know and like you said when i was younger i wanted that first week or i wanted that christmas week now with our crew we traditionally take the last two weeks of season in the end of January off. And a lot of guys look at us like we're crazy, but it's it's, it's the best. absolutely epic. I mean, it's, it is the best pure hunting. Yep, I lost you. Crowds have kind of thinned down. I, I lost you for through. one second, buddy. Oh, you said no, you're the, good. You said the best pure hunting. Yeah, it's, it's usually the best pure hunting in our part of Arkansas because by then, a lot of your crowds have thinned back. You know, yeah, the birds have been shot and pressured and beat on all year, but you can do more with them. It's, it just seems like to us, and you get that return by, you know, coming back from the south that you start getting birds pushing back up, back north by that time of year. You know, their head's telling them, let's start going home. And you all, it's almost like you get a whole new fresh you know, a group of ducks to work with in the areas we hunt. And man, that last two weeks, we found that's, that's the time to be off. That's the time to be really getting after them and don't sleep. You just go. Yeah, I really like that time too if it's real nice and cold. So you yeah, start typically getting, it's a lot colder by then. Yeah, you get that uh, that thin water, you know, locking up and stuff. And then you find a, a place that has open water and you're like dude it is lights out from there on out i've said it for years if duck season could go into like you know in missouri they pushed honker season back to give us like an extra week and a half in february which we wanted forever and uh finally got these last couple of years i wish duck season they could throw you know one week on end of february mm-hmm. I-, I think it's like a federal thing that it has to be over by yeah, the it's, it's, it's a- it's the U.S. Fish and Wildlife thing. They they regulate that, yeah. you know. And you know, like you said, you know, usually you're getting some thinner, you know, that thin water starting to freeze, you know. And for us, 
what we like to hunt is the woods or, or even in my part of Arkansas. I don't live in the eastern portion or south part. I live more in the west central part of the state. And it's usually not until late in the year that it seems like we usually get water in the woods decent in my home area that we don't have to travel to go to the east part of the state. And by that time of January, usually, you know, we've got good water. Birds are actually starting to push in there because it's new water to them, too. And it's all, literally, it's almost like dealing with, you know, brand new stuff, new deck of cards. We've got a new game we can play, and it's, and it's fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably my absolute favorite part of the season, you know. And seasons like last year, you keep holding out hope. Yeah, we got those last two weeks, last two weeks coming. And, and last year, the last it didn't amount to anything more than what the rest of the year did. You know, we had a couple of good hunts throughout the season, two or three sprinkled here and there, but for the most part, it was pretty poor. <laughs> well, and you know the most disheartening part of that was, what was it, the 4th, the 5th of February, something like that, where that epic Yes, we got the big storm hit? of snow. Yeah. yeah. I was like, dude, there are birds everywhere right now. It is insane. Yeah, I, when that did, when that hit, you know, we got I think twelve and a half, thirteen inches of snow in this part of Arkansas, which is like like a monster world ending event for people in Arkansas when they get snow like that. They they have no idea how to handle it. And I was still going to work and such, and and because of the snow, we left work early one day, and I thought I'm driving out to one of the areas we hunt. I've got to go see. And it's a place that all through the season last year it had no water. Like the like the game of fish just never put water on it. Well, they finally got water like the last week or so of January when season was pretty much done, and the birds just never did come in there. I drove out there that day that it was it was still snowing. So There's like ten inches of snow on the ground. I walk out to the edge of a little wood wood line, and it is just packed full. And I mean, yeah, it was kind of sickening to know we didn't get to get after them, but it was just amazing to think, okay, now you guys show up. <laughs> yeah. You know, now y'all are here. Well, yeah, and it's, so, it's one of those things you're like, it sucks that we didn't get to hunt you, but oh my goodness, this is amazing to watch. Like, yeah, you know, I love it. And I mean, I love watching them. And even during a hunt, that's, I'm kind of like, you know, me and Meredith, we're both kind of the same opinion. If I could go every day and kill four perfectly, see the show, see them do what they do, you know, line up on the wind, get in the decoys right, and kill those four and not shoot another duck in the morning, I'm as happy as if we killed 60 and had to shoot them at 40 yards, you know, swinging out, swinging out wide or not wanting to get tired or that sort of thing. I just shoot, I just assume shoot the four that are perfect. Yeah, yeah, I you know, agree, man. I'm, I'm there to see the show. I mean, I, I'm there to see the show. Yeah, I agree, brother. Well, uh, you know, we talked in November. Scout had just had his pass, what was that, in October? Yeah, he had passed his first grand, yeah. Yeah, he had done his first grand. So when you have a dog, especially one that is as high-tuned and in shape and year-round training like Scout – when you have a, a slow season, how the heck do you keep a dog engaged? <laughs> it was difficult um, because he, you know, he come out of that fall hunt test season and we had pushed hard and, and were blessed to get that first grand pass and such. And then, you know, 
duck season for for me and, and now for him, I kind of look at it as like our downtime. You know, we don't really train through duck season. We don't, you know, I'll let him slip a few things here and there during duck season and such. And then when you got a year that was as poor as ours was, keeping his attention span was times. I mean, because he was still, I mean, he's four years old now. He turned four in December. But, you know, he's, he's still fairly young at three years old coming into season this last year. Just keeping his attention span was, was difficult. And, with that happening, you get you get some bad habits that you don't want to have. Like they start getting, and he's never been a whining dog, but I noticed the whining starting to kind of build in him some, and it was just in its anxiety and just impatience. I mean, because you got to think these guys are used to walking to the line of the test, sit at the bucket, boom, boom, boom. They know they get to shoot three, and then they get to go pick up a blind. You know, so they're they're, they're kind of uh, expecting something to happen every time they go you know they get not so much spoiled to it but they just get in their routine you know and it was tough you know I, I kind of found myself at times having to do the old thing you do with a puppy of taking a bumper with me you know and and during a hunt if it was just absolutely slow and there were days where we literally pulled the trigger for three hours <laughs> I'd, I'd throw a bumper and we'd get some work in you know or or I, me and him would go walk. I mean, if we were walk hunting the woods, me and him would just go walk through the woods and do, just get some energy out. I mean, because it's hard for me to sit still for three hours and not see a bird to call at or shoot at or anything. And even more so, on pins and needles ready for something to happen at any minute, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, it's almost like if you're bringing uh, somebody new hunting, obviously a dog's not new, uh, a trained dog like that is not new, but when you bring somebody that you've never went with before, or, you know, somebody from work who's like, hey, can you take me, and you finally let them break down and go, and then you get out there, and it's super slow, and you're just, like, waiting, you're like, oh, come on, get, like, they're gonna have a horrible experience now, like, that type of thing. Yeah, and you know, and some of it with him, you know, it was it was hard to keep his attention and such, and you know, that sort of thing. But at the same time, having him as, I guess you could say, uh, accustomed to things and, and and seasoned, I guess you could say, you know, after I guess like the rest of after a few days of it just being, you know, one bird, three birds the next day, that's what he got to where it was just like he just chilled. You know, after a while, he would just kick back on the stand, and you'd look over, and dog, at his youth, his young age, would never stop moving, sitting up and watching, and just constantly nerves, pins and needles, ready for something to happen. I'd look over, and he'd be laying on his stand and sleep. <laughs> and I'm just, and I was thinking, yep, boys, if scouts asleep, that tells us it's pretty well done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we might as well, you know, let's let's kick the fire out, and let's go home. This is done. <laughs> yeah dude that's that's got to be so freaking tough but it's almost like uh you, you know he's your built-in reason to go sometimes like on a day that you know that there's nothing going on everybody else has to work and it's like ah, i have no real motivation you know if you have one other person who's like hey i'm down to go you're like okay we'll go with him you know you're like we're gonna go buddy we're don't worry we're going yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's me. Like, if I get a moment, like if I thought I could go into work late and be there at nine thirty, 
and I knew I had somewhere close I could go, I'm going to go hunt for a couple hours. Just, you know, I mean, that's just, that's, he's, he's my biggest reason that I go anymore. You know, and then, but then you get seasons like last year where it's just like, well, dude, we can go and watch the sunset, sunrise together, but, you know, we, we, we might shoot a teal at daylight, but that's about it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You well, know, you know, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we'll get freaking winter this year. I don't think that it's going to get any better with, uh, dude, everything up north is supp- supposedly super Incredibly freaking dry. Yeah, like hardcore drought conditions. And uh, yeah, it's not looking good for the home team, man. That's for dang sure. Yeah, it's we do we do need serious weather and 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 good night. We could get into all the theories of why it was like it was, and I've heard everything in the world, you know, down here, guys talking about it because it was literally what everyone talked about all through season. But the the base of it is the fact is, guys, if we don't get weather up north, they're not coming. It's, it's, it's got to get cold. It's got to snow. It's got to do that sort of thing. And you can't just do it for like a week. It's got to do it, and it's got to put it in the deep freeze up north for birds to come to Arkansas and southern Missouri and, and even more Mississippi, Louisiana, all that sort of thing. It's got to get cold. Well, and, you, you know, know, one of the weird things with this year, with it being so dry, is they're not getting corn in um, up north. You know, obviously, all the corn's burning off. So yeah. they're not planning. So I don't know what the food situation is going to be like really north of, you know, Nebraska, Iowa, and stuff like that. Here in Missouri, we've been rainy as all get out, man. You know, our corn looks freaking great. But uh, everything north of that, dude, they might be doing some real quick flyover this year. Or if it doesn't well, I mean, get cold like you're talking, they might be stuck up north because there's nothing directly to the south of them for 800 miles. Yeah, and, and birds adapt. I mean, I have no doubt. These birds are changing. They're getting smarter. And, and, and I mean, they're learning. You know, it's like a thing every year that if you're a mallard drake sitting in North Dakota in mid-November and all those northern boys are done shooting at you because their seat is closed and you've got all your sloughs open water and the feed is open because there is no snow on the ground, and all the hens sitting around you that you could mess with and chase around all day long, why are you going to fly to Arkansas, Missouri? I'm going to a different room, so hopefully that fixed it. Uh, yeah, well, we had him move real quick to try to uh, adjust and see if we can get the cutting out stuff to stop. Um, so you were saying, you know, why would birds come south when it's warm, they're not getting shot at, and they have food? And, and I have to agree. <laughs> it, if we don't have weather, they're not going to come south. And uh, it's almost like having to look at changing what the heck we're hunting. Um, as ducks have, you know, continued to trickle, um, like, down in the amount of birds that I'm seeing every year, dude, we've gone from, you know, focusing on ducks to really, you know, pushing for honkers the last five uh-huh. years. And it's like, you know, in Arkansas, you know, you guys are out of control with freaking specks and snows i know not so much in your side of the area. yes but they are here yeah and so, it's and it specks are like specks i guess you could say that the poor speckle belly took the brunt of what the lack of their duck cousins decided to show up for last year all the guys that i know and my buddies over in east arkansas and a lot of outfitters that i'm in touch with those guys they worked the specks over last year and 
they, the, but thankfully for you know guys that are like outfitters and such, the specs have filled the gap of the lack of just ducks for their for their hunts that they're booking. Because it's you go to East Arkansas, you break east of Little Rock, going I forty, going to Southeast Arkansas, or even up towards Jonesboro, Northeast Arkansas, and the speckle bellies are ridiculous. The numbers of them, you know. And we we see a few in my part of the state in the western central in the River Valley. We, in fact, this last season I was fortunate enough I got invited two or three times to go to a we've got a little bit of crop land in this part of the River Valley, and, and there's one particular guy that had some flooded rice. I think he had the only flooded rice in the River Valley, and we shot a few specks here, which is a really rare thing to happen in our part of the state. You know, but it's it's wild how many specs and stuff that we see now. Yeah, and it's like uh, you know, the more that the game changes, and you eventually, you know, it's cyclical. Eventually, we'll start getting mallards and freaking ducks mm-hmm. coming down again. But it's like you almost have to change your mindset and figure out something else, you know, to try to uh, fill the gap. I don't know what the heck your guys' honker situation is down there, but it's like. You know, we had to adapt to mainly chasing honkers and shooting ducks that want to work in. And yeah, well, you know, when I was a kid and growing up in this area hunting, you know, we didn't shoot goose. I didn't, we didn't know anything about shooting geese. Uh, whether it was a Canada goose, a resident, specs, whatever, we didn't. You know, and then things go in cycle, like you said, and, and it got to where later as we got a little older, it's like the duck numbers kind of fell a little bit. You know, we went, and then, of course, we hit that big year, 99-2000. Everybody talks about from back then when the numbers were just ridiculous with ducks, and and it was that way here, too. I mean, goodness, we, we shot more than, we, than we'll probably ever see again in those years. But then it kind of fell again, and, and we started really getting into the resident honker thing in our part of the state, and it become like our core thing we did we shot resident honkers and even off into normal duck season if we had two bad duck hunts we were like heck with this we're going to a farm we're going to go kill geese you know and now i guess we did that so much in our area that our resident goose seat population is hurting (laughs) like it they they went from letting you two to then they had an extra early season just in the quote northwest zone and they allowed five per man when they did that it was open season on geese people that never had shot a canada goose were after resident honkers because <laughs> you just come in because you could shoot five right. i mean so now instead of just killing you know you know i mean you goose hunt instead of setting all those decoys up and killing two apiece now we can go shoot five of those suckers and i mean literally everybody was trying to shoot a goose well, and now you, you you drive through the areas and the parks and everything else, and there's there are very, very few residents hanging around this area anymore. And see, up here it's different. <laughs> we have a ton of resident birds, but what you were talking about earlier about birds being adaptive, dude, they are smart. They stay yes. where they know they're safe. They stay out on golf courses. They stay in the city parks, and they'll come up and eat grass or they'll fly to uh ag fields that are owned by like uh the city or something like that you know they're smart and they've adapted to all the uh all the local hunters man it's it's almost as hard resident freaking honker hunting for us anymore as anything else because 
they they're just there every day you know they've seen the same yeah. setup they've seen everything for years and uh you gotta almost hope like snow goose hunting like you get a young dumb one that leads everybody <laughs> in but yep. you can tell because you'll get the young dumb ones that you know they want to flare off from the group and then you'll hear you know the other ones start freaking making noise and being like hey don't go down there you know don't don't be dumb yep and uh yep. and now now in our area we don't even like it's gotten so low on the numbers of them that i have we used to do it a lot but i haven't personally gone for resident geese and probably four years Jeez, it's just man. you know it's 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 like you said you know they're, they're not done i think that's probably the smartest bird that flies around this area but you know ours are literally like flying cows they eat grass our, our resident honkers they eat bermuda grass and you know you don't you know what few ag fields we have cut we never see geese in i'm like cut stuff and you don't see a goose and be in a pasture next door you know, <laughs> grass. You know and they they know where they're safe they stay you know and like you said the city parks they say there's a there's a university here in russellville they'll stay in the campus of arkansas tech arkansas tech and such and that's just what they do they don't travel out they're not dumb they, they they've been shot at enough that they know where they're safe yeah we've definitely uh conditioned them to uh survive you know they're wild freaking yep. animals man so you got uh another chance at the grand well let's talk about um you had one earlier this spring because scout got his first pass here in october when we talked last and then you had um you had a run this spring yep we uh he, we sent him to uh the the spring grand which tends to be it's the grand i mean you can't say it's more difficult whether fall or spring but it's because it's the grand i mean and it's 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 the super bowl it's the pinnacle to me but the spring grand the preparation time i guess you could say coming out of duck season whether it was good or bad like we were talking about trying to keep him or other dogs you know pepped up or keeping their excitement level in the bad season even still what little hunting you did do you know, you've, you've probably, like I said, you've let them slip on a few things. You didn't quite make a lineup as perfect running a blind, or they may have stumbled on a mark or, or done something goofy. You know, you let a few things go, but in your training, you wouldn't. Well, spring grand was in April. So you come out of duck season, you got February, March. You got about two months to iron out all those kinks, straighten out all those issues you've allowed to go get them tightened up get them back into the routine and the process and the and the preparation of going to the grand and then it's time to go to the big league bucket again you know so it's it's there's a shorter prep window for getting ready for the spring as opposed to falling you've literally got all summer that you can focus and train and really really push hard to get ready for that fall grand you know and we uh we did really well early on in the grand in the spring he uh he kills the first series and i was a nervous and i didn't get to go i, I was planning to be there and my work came up where i couldn't be there but whoever was there doing the video and photography stuff i got a lot of videos of scout running his series at the grand and he just destroys the first series i mean just kills it and i was thinking and you know getting messages back from my buddy that's pro david robertson he's sending me messages of like look 
he's in the second and clean. You know, he looked really good. You know, because back in the fall, our first series, we were on we were on thin ice because he had a handle in the first series, so we'd be perfect from that point forward. You know, in, in spring we were on, we were clean. Well, he he goes in the second series of this spring grand, and we got a got a tough call. We got a tough call. He's the grand. You got to be perfect, and he had a pretty good hunt on one particular bird in that land series, and he was close to where the bird was, but hadn't tightened his hunt up quickly enough, and the judges told David to put him on the bird pretty quickly. And when they say that, what that means is you're immediately on ones. You're, you're, on, you're on thin ice now. You, you've got to be perfect from that point forward. And that just, you know, that puts him on you know, in a bad place to be. Well, he, he finished that second series and we made it to the third. But now, because of that. Because of that. Ah, oh, we had it cut out again. Man, we tried moving and it's still cutting out real bad. It's, it's me. It's my phone. It's all Where good. Where we, we um, can go back to. Uh, you said you made it through the second series and he's on one. Yeah. And uh, you started yeah. the third. Yeah, we like I said we made it to the second. He's on ones because we got told to be put on the bird by on, on one particular mark, and that's considered you know we had to handle him to that bird. So now we've used our one and only handle that we can have. So he made it, but he made it through to the third. But we're on ones, and the third series he just wipes it clean. I mean, it was just it was impressive to watch him. I mean, it was just beautiful. The dude kills the third series. So we've got one more series to make it through, and then you know, then we're into the fifth, which is the upland. And by that time, you've you've made it through the gauntlet, I guess you could say. And in the fourth series, our fourth series test was an absolute bash. I mean, it was a juggernaut of a setup. Not the fourth series that we needed, <laughs> <laughs> right. you know. And the fact that we'd already burned our handle because we were told to get put on the bird that didn't help us in the fourth series and one particular bird was given a lot of dogs fits and had been for four days that that test that particular mark had tore a lot of dogs up you know it really gave them problems and issues and it did for him as well and then when david had to handle him to it he's out i mean because you're only allowed one handle the whole four days you know so it happens. I mean, there's a lot of unbelievable dogs that go out of the grand every year. It happens. You know, it's just our second trip there. You know, so it, it wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't what we wanted to have happen, but, you know, we live and learn and we'll be back. Well, yeah, and to get knocked out at the four, you know, the heart, the last day of the waterfowl yeah. side of things, like, is still, you know, very impressive for his second chance. And like you said, he's three. He's still yeah. up. <laughs> right, you know. yeah, and I, I, I mean, I was disappointed, but I wasn't. I wasn't angry. I wasn't mad. I mean, it, it happens. I mean, there's heck. I know guys that had multiple grand title dogs. You know, they're you know three, four time grand champions, and they went out in the first series. You know, so our second trip there, we made it all the way to the fourth series before we got you know told we could go home. So. I, I'm not disappointed in him at all. I mean, it was just a, is you know, the guys that are dog guys, they know the saying for the grand is 
we wish you no bad luck and we had bad luck i mean you don't want good luck you just don't want any bad luck (laughs) you know and we we had some bad luck in that second series and it it come come back and got us in the fourth you know but he's he has not slowed down though since then goodness gracious this year has been a whirlwind for him i mean since they finished that grand in april and it was down in uh grenada mississippi where they ran it they came back and i think we trained and pushed for about two and a half three weeks almost a month and he with uh my buddy that's got him right now running through these tests and david and david takes care of that and man i'm i'm beyond blessed to have him doing so because my work schedule I just it's it, to run these tests consistently you got to be able to go to them and working like i do i can't make them enough you know what i mean i mean they're not they're not all in my backyard you know you know what i'm saying yeah so so trying to get there and the work schedule and stuff just doesn't work out and we have pushed him david has took him along with his other dogs and has gone through the akc master series this year and scout has now finished his master title and AKC and he is qualified for this fall's uh, Master National which is the AKC's equivalent to the Grand so and that's you know just like I've said before I never thought my dog would ever run the Grand well I darn sure never thought I'd have one qualified for the Master National but here we sit where he he has not failed a Master Test this year it's freaking crazy man like yeah he's he went six for six in Masters this year. Dude, so this is like, you know, because I knew that you had the two big ones, you know, every year, the Grand with the spring and the fall one. But right. it's, it's almost like an every weekend type of, you know, what, twice a month that he's going to different tests? Because you said well, six the, already this year. Well, the AKC, the way they work things is – you know we did have a goal for him we wanted his master title on him but we weren't going to push you know because a lot of the akc master tests there's not any of them that are really close to arkansas there's just really not a lot of them are more up north or in the western part of the country nebraska that's you know up to wisconsin and that sort of thing there's a lot of them up in that area so i mean we were eventually going to put a master title on him but we weren't going to push it you know what i mean no no fast pace but this year, David and a couple other pros that he's, he works closely with it decided they were going to really try to get their crew qualified for Master National. Well, AKC requires you have so many Master Passes within a calendar year that they set to qualify for the National. So, for Scout, he had to get... We had one... He already had two passes on in his master passes, but only one of those was in his calendar year for this national. So, and he wasn't the only one. I mean, there were others on on the truck that were the same way. They literally went. David, I know, went three weekends back to back in Nebraska. Not, hmm. I'm sorry, not Nebraska, but Wisconsin. He Holy went to Wisconsin three weekends back to back running test. And was he staying up there or coming back and forth coming back and forth oh my that's like 16 hour drive from down yeah the the dude was putting the miles on the truck and himself and everything else and the dogs i mean they get you those dogs at that level that are are 
campaigning and running, they get used to the the road life. I mean, they do. They just they get accustomed to it. But by the third or fourth weekend, you could tell it had had been a grind even on them. And and dogs at that level, you know, your first and second set of tests, they're pretty tight still. You know, as far as discipline and pretty tight at the line and everything's sharp. By the end of that, dogs start to get loose. And what I mean by that is they, they, they know at a test there's no corrections. You know what I mean? You can't correct them. You can't get on. You know what I mean? Right. And they run that many of them back to back to back. They start figuring out, hey, he can't do anything. <laughs> hey, I can get away with this. I can get You know what I mean? Right. And they start getting loose. You know, so on top of the miles he's driving – and doing the stuff, the nerve, you know, and, and he doesn't, David doesn't get nervous. I mean, he's used to, this is what he does. But even still, dogs start wearing on your nerves because they're starting to get loose. They're starting to get, you know, more animated and they're getting to where they're creeping out some and things like that happen. Anybody, anybody that's in the dog work very long, they know you run a lot of tests, you're fixed to see the bolts back off on them. You know, and it, it just happens. It's the nature of the beast. You know, but thankfully, mine, he's, he's an amazing animal and the dude has held it together and literally he's not failed one this fall i mean all this all this run he's he's gone six for six that's freaking crazy man like the amount of work that goes into that and like you said the travel alone and obviously that's a pretty extenuating circumstance which it's crazy to me with arkansas you know being one of the biggest waterfowl states in the country that right. the, <laughs> the tests are nowhere near you know, you know we, we have a lot of HRC stuff. Like, I think there's like four or five clubs for HRC in Arkansas. But AKC clubs, we just don't have them. What? And it's... Do you know why? And I've, I'm, I've never completely understood it. It's You do see a lot more of them up north. It just I guess it's just a regional type of thing. HRC is... There's, and there's HRC clubs all over the country as well, but down here in our part in the south, the HRC is just more popular, I guess you could say. It's it's more, there's more abundance of them. I mean, goodness gracious, I could run, I could run a test every weekend this fall for a couple months and never leave the state of Arkansas, you know, an HRC. But if I want to run a master test, I'm going to have to travel. There is a good club in Mississippi. There's one in Tennessee and such but they'll hold one test and the problem is they fill up literally within five minutes online like when they open their entries if they say the entry opens at 8.01 p.m at 8.03 there'll be 66 dogs filled good night <laughs> i mean it's that fast yeah and those te- and the ones up north there's so many more so many more tests available up north that you can get into those tests easier because there's more you know there's more of them so it's just that's one reason the guys travel like they do so to you know get put a dog at this level man for the the normal guy it's not even like really doable it's a it's like a full-time commitment it and it is a full-time commitment and there are guys as amateurs that 100 percent run everything on their own and if my work schedule was a little bit different, I would do the same with him right now because I love. I mean, I'm eat up with it. I love it. Well, but it, it would be. Different. It is more difficult because 
I mean, you, if you've got Sager test, if you're going to run AKC and you live in Arkansas and your master test you're signed up into starts on Friday. Okay, well, a master test, if you make it for one pass, it's three series. So you're going to run a series Friday and, and hopefully you'll run two Saturday and get to go home. If not, sometimes they'll literally run you Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, but if that test is in, say, Nebraska, well, you've got to travel for one whole day to get there, and then you've got to travel for a whole day to come home. So, you know, you're looking at almost a week to go run that weekend test. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, it, it almost has to be the point where, you know, you have, you know, kids and stuff like that to where – you know, the 50-year-old guy, you know, whose yeah. kids have graduated, moved on in college. And you do see more of that. Yeah. There, is, there, is, there are a lot more guys, at, you know, at that, quote, stage in life that, you know, they're more available and free to do that, you know. Whereas, you know, if you didn't want to run, ever run anything AKC, if you want to strictly stick to the HRC game, you could run, though, they're a, they're a weekend. You know, you're going to run on you could actually just run Saturdays if you wished. You know, a weekend test is two days for an HRC, and you're going to run a water set and a land set on Saturday and have a chance for one pass that day. You know, or you could run both days and get two passes. You know, so you could you could feasibly do that as an individual more. You know, whereas the master test in AKC is a three-series test. You know, and they're just, it's more time, you know, it's more time demand. Yeah, it's like you almost, you know, like you were saying, it's a, a full-time commitment. And that's just, you yeah. know, the driving to and from and running tests. That's not the training that yeah, goes that's with not it. The, during the week trying to get the reps in and set up, you know, put doing two or three setups and trying to make sure that they're ready and, and that sort of thing. That's just going on the test that weekend. Yeah. You know, that's why, really, I'm, I'm incredibly thankful that, I've got, you know, I've met and gotten to be good friends with David, and David's willing to just, man, just put him on the truck. We'll go get it done. You yeah. know, which I bet you, I mean, Scout's home right now. You know, he qualified uh, two weeks ago, or actually a week ago, he qualified. They went and ran one in Kansas City, Missouri, and that was his national qualifier test that he passed the number he needed. And since then, he's been home. He's just kind of living the the chill life right now. So. Well, he'll live that way for a while. David is still running the road, though. He's got other dogs to finish getting qualified for this national. So they'll run the calendar date, I think, if I'm correct, ends on in the end of July. I think like July 30th. You've got to have all your passes done and accounted for to qualify for this year's national by July 30th. Ooh. So you might have already said it, but remind me again. So... He, it, for the Masters, uh, that's when you say national, I assume that's what you're talking about? Yes, he okay. is the Master National. So, you have what, the Grand is in October, is mm-hmm. that right? Yes, well, uh, no, this year the Fall Grand is going to be in September. Okay, so September, when's the, the Master National? <laughs> that's the cold catch this whole world game this year. Like I said, it's been a whirlwind. We will, Scout will hang out at the house with me probably till about August 1st. And then we'll go back to David's truck because Grand, the Grand is, I think, the 22nd of September. So we'll, you know, everything will be complete focus every single day of their lives getting ready for that. They'll go run the Grand and God willing and everything goes right and we have no bad luck. 
we make it all the way through the fifth and pass the grand. The Master National is three weeks, or no, I'm sorry, a week after the grand closes, or a week and a half. Like when they finish day five of the grand, those dogs will get on the truck. David and them will drive from Kansas, from uh, St. Louis, because that's where the grand is this fall, is in St. Louis. They'll drive from St. Louis to Idaho. Whew. There's no and coming home between that. That's a freaking They track. will train for, I think he's told me, and we've been doing so much, I get all my dates mixed up, but I think he said two to three days of training before they start the first series of the Master National. Good night, dude. That is which, nonstop. Yeah, which goes back to what we were saying of all those tests and dogs get loose. Yeah. We got dogs, you got, you know, and, and some dogs they don't they just they just go with it i mean their their temperaments and, and you, you just never see them get quote unquote loose but you get one like mine and he's and he's he is light years from where he once was as a young dog but by the end of the grand if we make it through to the fifth he's going to be a little bit loose a little more animated you know he's not going to be as sharp and as quick and then we got to go to the national <laughs> so yeah, I'm a little nervous about that whole process right now, and it hadn't even got here. <laughs> yeah, that's a squirrely timeline. Is it pretty common to see, uh, you know, if they qualify for both of them? Like, you know, yeah, it's just 200 yeah, and, going. Um, yeah, and what they're trying to do is is the whole point. They're trying to get right now, like Brock, Dave and them are trying to get as many qualified for this national on his truck as he can because the more you take it's 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 the bullets theory the more bullets you take the more chances you got to get passes on them you know whereas if you're one guy taking one dog if you go out in the first well you're getting your yeah you're you're done you're your wrong. mileage is uh eaten you know yeah so as opposed to you take you know i think he's taken probably 13 14 of the grand this fall you take all 13 14 of those to the national man you got a lot of really really good you know, you got dogs you can take to the grand and the national. Those those dogs, them dudes are they're hitters. They're them. Those are good dogs. You know, so you want more bullets in the gun to go to those big events. It's crazy. So it's like, yeah, you know, you you run this crazy second half of the summer and you know get all that, and then you bounce right back into freaking duck season, man. Yeah, and and. It was this year the way it's going to be when they get done, provided they get to stay for the all, and I think the Master National. I, I mean, I'm new to it, the whole world of it because I, you know, never really gave thought to running it. But so I'm having to learn about it this year. I think it's a five, six day event is the Master National. So by the time they get it done, it'll be, you know, mid October by the time they're done and can come home. So when that's done, if by some wild, amazing, God-blessed way we do get a grand pass and get a master national pass, I'm going to let that dog do what he wants to do the rest of the duck season. <laughs> <laughs> that dude has earned doing whatever he wants to do for a while. Yeah. So, like, what's the plan while uh, he's at home now? He's not sitting on the couch in the air conditioning, freaking... You know, watching Scooby Doo like we've talked about in the past, but well, he's doing some of that, and and I come home from work the other day, and 
we've got we don't have a pool in our house but you know i bought one of these you know like some guys dads do for their kids i bought one of these big blow-up pools you know oh, yeah. that you sit on the ground and i come home from work and there's scout laying in the middle of it and my two daughters swimming around him in the pool <laughs> so, i mean you know so he's he's really working hard but <laughs> but i mean but in the meantime you know since he's home with me and i love doing the training and such and i've got you know some friends here locally that uh they've got some really nice dogs as well and they're i mean they're running this gauntlet too they're trying to get to the national they're going to run the grand and we train uh i'd say at least two sometimes three days a week at least two for, during the work week and then on saturday mornings usually it's up and and we're in the field or on a piece of water somewhere at, at six that morning on saturday and we get them all out and train what we can and and just mostly just trying to keep him going you know just trying to keep him sharp and thinking and let him enjoy his vacation but don't get too lazy yeah because <laughs> yeah. i mean because i mean you don't want to sh- throw him into from the kiddie pool into the fire overnight you know <laughs> right let him freaking sit around eating ice cream off the kids faces and <laughs> right because i mean he literally i come home the other day and he's laying down in the kiddie pool living it up and they're swimming and playing with their barbies in the pool with him that's so. awesome <laughs> that's freaking funny well that's like uh delta she'll be doing stuff all the time or well this is the thing in our house is uh jessica will say hey look at delta look at what she's doing there. and she'll be like i don't know doing normal stuff and i'm like yeah. what? is she doing dog things right now <laughs> she's like shut yeah. up you're such a jerk <laughs> i was like she's doing what dogs do like i don't know what else to say yeah so that's a our like running joke i'm like what she doing dog things like right yeah the kids are doing kid things of course she's in the yeah. pool of course he's in the pool that sounds like the best place to be for a dog yeah, I just I just told him, well, you know, just don't let his don't let him rip the bottom of it. It's just a little vinyl bottom, girl. So if he if he does and the water falls out, you're gonna know why. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to break out the duct tape. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, brother, dude, it has been too long. Like I said, I didn't realize it'd been like eight months. Been a while. It's crazy. I appreciate you jumping on here, man. Not a problem, buddy. I enjoy it every time. Absolutely, and. uh We'll get on here again right beforehand. We'll 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 look at your schedule and see what's going on, but uh right beforehand or right afterwards, I don't know. Whenever it works out. That'd be good for me. All right, buddy. Well uh I hope you have a great night and take care, man. You too, bud. Alright, take care. Alright, see ya. James Staten guys. Trying to get scout freaking those passes. I don't I don't know where I was gonna go with that. But um always very very interesting especially something that i am not personally involved with and it's like the one aspect of waterfowling that uh i've never really dabbled into too much we have a lab but uh she's a completely different game player she's a therapy dog that likes to terrorize the children so things are going great with that (laughs) anyway um if you're still listening make sure you hit subscribe leave us a review Tell your friends if you love it. Tell your enemies if you don't waste their time. Um, Follow along on social media, BTBN. And, uh, yeah, thanks. See ya.